fellow nerds, and welcome to another episode of the Modern Health Nerd Podcast. Thanks for joining me today. I'm your host, Teresa Sam Houghton, Chief Nerd at Green Gut Wellness. Today, a conversation with Chuck Carroll, a fellow podcast host over at The Exam Room by the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. Chuck and I had a vast and varied conversation because Chuck has a lot of interesting insights into the plant-based space. Working in the exam room has allowed him to touch base with people who have inspiring plant-based transformation stories, as well as some of the biggest names and top minds in plant-based health, nutrition, and medicine. Chuck also has a really interesting story of his own, and we touch on that a little bit in the podcast and delve a little deeper into a subject that doesn't get talked about a whole awful lot. What is it? Well, listen on to find out. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Well, hi, Chuck. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do? I'm really excited to have this conversation and to to hear a little more of your story. Well, uh, my name is Chuck, uh, Chuck Carroll, uh, nicknamed the weight loss champion. And uh, I host a show for the physicians committee called The Exam Room. And uh, we have both a live version Monday through Friday and a podcast, which drops twice a week. And it's really cool that I get the opportunity to talk to fellow weight loss success stories, people who have reversed diabetes and heart disease. And I mean, talking to people who are in their 90s who have had these transformations. And then, of course, getting the opportunity to speak with some of the leading health experts in the business is it's really just the privilege and an honor of, of my lifetime like i have so much fun doing this show so much fun doing it and it's a really great show i'm going to drop a link for it in the show notes for people who are not quite as familiar physicians committee for responsible medicine hugely active in getting plant-based awareness out there getting the awareness of the health benefits and basically championing food as medicine so if you haven't checked them out, I'll drop a link to them, but they're pcrm.org. They have a lot of good information for anybody looking into food, health, and plant-based eating. So Chuck, what got you interested in plant-based eating? I mean, I've heard you tell your story on the Exam Room podcast a few times, and I, I know now that you're like really active in the space, you've had, like you said, you've you've had so many interesting conversations with just about everybody who's a mover and shaker there, which is the kind of people we love here at the Modern Health Nerds. So what got you interested in the plant-based space? You know, it was really interesting. Um, I was I was covering sports for CBS, and I was doing an interview with uh, a professional wrestler by the name of Austin Aries. And this was already a number of years after I had lost the majority of my weight. And he's like, man, I know that you're super healthy. I know that you really put a premium on food, but you're still missing the mark, man. You're still missing the mark. You need to sit down and take the time and watch a couple of documentaries. And, you know, one was what the health, the other was forks over knives. He's like, do that. And then let's talk about plant-based eating. And uh, sure enough, when I watched that and I realized that diet was so much more than just maintaining weight loss, it could be so much more than just maintaining weight loss, you know, lowering that risk for heart disease, which runs in my family, cancer, which runs in my family, Alzheimer's disease, which runs in my family, you know, so many of those genetic things that I always thought, well, I can't do anything about it, but I can keep my weight off and, and try to stay as healthy as I can for as long as I can. So that really piqued my interest. And then the more that I learned about that every single day, the more that I was like, I, I want to talk about this. 
I really want to talk about this more and more and more. So I just kept studying and studying and eventually wound up doing this show, which is really, it's like going to school every single day. It's like being paid to go to college. It's the greatest thing in the entire world. That's actually one of my favorite things, too, is when I can do research and somebody's paying me to do it, which is, again, that's why I'm the nerd. And that's why I enjoy listening to Exam Room and other podcasts and videos and all the stuff that's going on out there. It's amazing to hear how many people now are, are doing exactly what you did. I got basically converted from semi-junk food vegan to whole food plant-based by Forks Over Knives. And that, that's another great thing that I got to drop in the show notes for people to see if they haven't seen it yet. I know it's been out for a while, but there's still some people who need to see that. As part of the exam room and as part of just kind of, I would say, almost evangelizing this, how is what you're doing, in your opinion, contributing to a better food landscape? Because you know, I know, and I'm sure a lot of people listening know, we talk a lot about this on this podcast. Our food system and our food landscape is not good. It's promoting... All of those diseases that you mentioned and then some and the more this, the science comes out now we're seeing that it's messing up our gut health, it's messing up our brain health, it's robbing us of useful years of our lives. So what are you doing to contribute to making it all better? Well, you know, I think it's it's just about getting the word out. I don't like to think of the show as being a uh, evangelical. Uh, see, well, um, but I just want to put the science out there. Okay, so I have a news background, and when I was a reporter, it was my job just to put facts out there as they were, no bias, no judgment. And so while myself, I'm a wholly, I mean, just firm believer in, in a plant-based diet, like I still expect that the people who watch the show, who listen to the podcast, those people, they are more than welcome to draw their own conclusion. I'm just presenting science and it's, it's on them to do what it is that they want to do with it. The thing is though, I feel like that science is so powerful that the data is almost irrefutable. So it would then lead them to the idea of, well, what they're saying is probably right. You know, like they've really got something here. Like I like what this doctor is saying. So let me then go explore that. And of course, when it comes with that, it helps them escape that drive through mentality where you have to go. And if you don't get your fix every single day, like I did, your brain just goes wacky because you're addicted to food and you don't even realize it at the time. So it's about giving people this information and the science and like trying to just gently nudge them, you know, onto a healthier path and away from that drive-through, giving them that detour on the way home to have them stop and pick up fresh produce as opposed to a Big Mac for dinner. That's what I really hope that the show does is just present science, let people pick up what they want to pick up. But I'm telling you, the data I feel is irrefutable. It's up to people to do what it is that they want to do. But this is also the same information that had me say, hey, I'm swearing off all kinds of fried food, fast food for everything basically that I used to eat that got me up to 420 pounds. All of that's got to go by the wayside here because I do have a problem and I don't want to go back to it. And that's what we that's what the science drives for us. I love that because it's all about the empowerment. I actually, I had my friend Mark Rifkin on the show. He he is a vegan registered dietitian and we had a, a bit of a conversation about the awareness and getting people not just onto a plant-based diet, but like showing them how to make it part of their life by taking those steps and making those choices. Like you said, a different choice away from, I think Rich Roll calls it the window diet. If it comes out the drive-through window, you eat it. 
you brought up the idea of food addiction. And I did want to touch on that a little bit because it is kind of the unspoken problem, almost like the unspoken shame of our food system and of a generation and a Western sort of developed society issue. We have more calories in the food system than anyone could possibly consume, and yet we're doing our best to to do it, uh, to, to consume everything. And it occurs to me, just watching this, there's no way that we are doing this just because we want to eat so much. And some of it is food addiction. And I know that you get that message out there and would like to hear a little bit more about that from your perspective, because this is a thing that so many people don't know a lot about. And I think it gets overshadowed by people just getting excited about the plant-based diet and not taking the logistics or the practicality of it into account. Yeah. So here's the deal with food addiction is that it is just the same as any other addiction out there, whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, whether it's tobacco, right? Your brain literally gets hooked on this stuff. And so the difference though, between food addiction and everything else is you can hide a lot of those substance abuse issues, but if you're abusing the substance of fast food, you can't hide that. There's no way that I could have hid that 420 pound frame. I had a 66 inch waist. Where am I going to hide that? Right? You, you literally wear your addiction on your sleeve every single day. And we live in a culture though, where there's still fat shaming to a degree, but when you have so many people who are overweight and obese, that's the overwhelming majority. Can you even fat shame anymore? I argue, no, it's become normalized. And so this is the problem. I, I absolutely do not believe in fat shaming. I believe that every single person, regardless of their size, their race, their, their sexual orientation, it does not matter. Everybody on this planet is equal. And that means that your message carries as much weight if you're 500 pounds if, as it does if you're 100 pounds. But don't kid yourself, though, and think that because it's become normalized, that it's also become healthy. That's kind of where things are getting warped. And because it's becoming normalized, food addiction then is becoming more and more prevalent, right? So you, you have more and more food addicts out there. We see the rates of obesity rise, too. But you can't turn on the TV, you can't go on the internet, watch YouTube, whatever the case may be, without seeing advertisements for all of this stuff that is fueling this epidemic, right? Whether it's fried chicken or pizza or burgers or French fries or just whatever the case may be, you know, Arby's, they have the meats, they want you to know, come to the drive through they've got your fix because that's what it is. It's a fix. And so you get hooked on this stuff because it's got fat, it's got oil, it's got salt, it's got sugar in it. It's got all of those things that your body is like, you are just genetically created to become addicted to these things. And so you really have to be aware of it. Even when I got up to 400 pounds, like it really took almost a full freaking lightning bolt for me to realize like, I'm addicted to this the same way that I was addicted to cigarettes. I used to smoke two packs a day. It never dawned on me that I had an even more severe addiction because I could not go a day without going to Taco Bell. I had a $20 a day Taco Bell habit. And this was 11 years ago at this point. So imagine what I would be paying now. 
it's ridiculous. I would freak out if I did not get my daily fix from Taco Bell. Like I had a Jekyll and Hyde situation happening with my brain. And when I would try to diet, let's put that in quotes, diet and go a day or two without it, I would become just the biggest jerk in the entire world. And the longer I went, the angrier I got to the point where one time I actually put my fist through a wall and then through a door because I wasn't getting what it was that my brain was craving. And so I would sneak out then in the middle of the night because I was still on this diet and didn't want to let people down. I would sneak out in the middle of the night, go to the 24-hour drive-through, get my fix, come back. And when I took that first bite, it was literally a warm rush of calm that would just wash over me and make it okay. But there was nothing okay about what was happening. There was nothing okay about gorging every single day on $20 worth of Taco Bell. It was literally killing me in my mid-20s. I was not going to live to see 30. I was gaining weight so rapidly that pretty soon I wouldn't have even been able to shop out of a big and tall catalog. And I couldn't walk more than five, 10 steps without my chest beginning to tighten, sweating profusely, but yet I would still find the strength and get up enough breath to walk to the car so I could drive to the drive-thru and load up to get my fix. That is food addiction. And I will say that I am certainly not the only person who experiences this. I, I would venture to say that there are millions of people out there right now who are going through the same thing. And they may not even realize that they're addicted yet. But that is food addiction. That is what's happening. And that is why the rate of obesity is going as high as it is. And that is insight that more people need to hear. And I really appreciate you sharing that because we do look at the obesity epidemic. And I I do believe that the movement toward plant-based diets is going to be a big help in changing that epidemic. And also helping people to get out of this cycle because the more plants we eat, the more we start to move away from that addiction. But like you said, it is, it has such a hold on you when you need to, I mean, I remember when I finally decided I was going to give up white flour. Now I was already pretty healthy at this point. I had, I was getting dizzy. I was getting headaches and that was just one thing. That was just one thing. That wasn't everything at a time. So I, feel like you really hit the nail on the head with this is really happening. It's kind of a sleeper epidemic underneath the obesity epidemic. And I see a need for addressing that as we do the education of people to get them more towards plant-based diets, because we can't just say to somebody who is addicted to fast food, sugar, even if it's just like one kind of food, you have to make this change and not give them the tools. And I feel like that's where the whole medical system is falling down with the obesity epidemic. We need to be able to not just say overtly or covertly fat shame people and be like, you're fat, go home and lose weight. Their their response is, okay, how do I do that? I'm going to segue into my next question with that. I think I can kind of guess at least a little bit as since this conversation we've been having, in your opinion, what needs to be our next big area of focus as we move into what they're calling the future of food and as we start to, well, as we continue to see this trend toward the plant-based that really started to ramp up at the beginning of 2020? 
All right. So you're talking about moving into the future. The thing that we need to to focus on is, okay, so the term vegan, the term plant-based, it's it's becoming like buzzy, right? So everybody's like, ooh, plant-based this, plant-based that, which is phenomenal, right? So a lot of people go vegan for animal ethical reasons. A lot of people go vegan for the environment. Fantastic. You cannot argue with that. Those are two of the very best reasons to adopt a plant-based diet. However, when you're going vegan for health reasons, don't be fooled into thinking that the impossible Whopper is in fact healthy. Don't think that that's going to help you lose weight. Don't think that some of these mock meats that are loaded up with oil and fat and salt are going to help you lose weight. Because just because, here it is, breaking news, just because something is vegan doesn't necessarily mean that it is healthy. So as we do gravitate toward a more plant-based diet, in the future for health reasons, for animal ethical reasons, for the environment, for all of those reasons, it's important that we also take a step back and take stock of what it is that we're actually eating. You know, I was looking at a study recently and, and the researchers were basically trying to say, well, what if we rethought how these, these nutrition labels were you know, put on packages, right? What if they were put in terms of how long it would take you to burn off all of these calories, all of this fat in terms of exercise. Would you still eat that Whopper if you knew that you were going to have to run for two or three hours to burn that off? It's not a number. It's not like 200, 300, 400 calories or whatever. What does that mean in terms of how long it takes to burn it off? Most people couldn't tell you, but everybody's going to know, like, if I eat this, it's going to take me three hours to exercise it off. Like, are you kidding me right now? So I think that really the education should start right at the nutrition label, right? So it's like right there in front of you. You don't even have to flip over the package to figure it out. And I think that if people get armed with more information like this and you put it in lay terms that everyone can understand, that is when we're going to start to see the needle move in the proper direction as opposed to ticking up the obesity rate. We're going to start to see that calm down. And it's little things like that. That's not even little, like that would be huge. But arm ourselves with education that everybody can understand, simplify the messages that are put on these packages, give people the opportunity to truly, truly, truly grasp what it is that they're ingesting. And I think that that is going to make a world of difference. So what does the future look like? What do we need to focus on? Education in the most simplest terms. And once we grasp that simple stuff, that's then when people can start doing a deeper dive into the science that you and I geek out about so much. But let's at least open that door a little bit and have them realize like, hey, mm, I've been missing a big piece of the puzzle. It's interesting that you should say that because doing doing content strategy, doing content creation, I really advocate the consumer education. And one thing I hear a lot is consumers are a lot more informed now. And I think that's only about halfway true. I think that there's a subset of consumers that are already ready for that nerdy science. And they're already very aware of the, the sustainability issues. They're aware of the health issues. They're aware of what factory farming does to the planet. But it sounds like you're speaking almost to the much larger, and I think sometimes even overlooked in the plant-based and alt-protein sector, part of the population that is still trying to figure out how to cook oatmeal so their kids will eat it and what the heck do I do with kale? So is that more the person that you're you're saying we need to be educating? Absolutely. Because you and I, like, we're in a bubble, okay? Like, we, we are, like, 
maybe two or three percent of the population, I would guess to say tops that really have a ultra firm grasp on nutrition and everything that comes with it. Right. So that leaves so many people, even though we're trending in a, in a more educational direction, uh, there are still so many people out there who are struggling. So when you, you get the opportunity to step outside that bubble and interact with people who are in your family, even that don't know the first thing about a plant-based diet, never flipped over the package. That is the majority. And those are the people who we need to reach because we can stay inside this bubble and we can be ultra healthy together. And that's phenomenal for us. But what about everybody else, man? We have to reach people where they are. And the majority of people are so far outside the bubble right now. It's incumbent upon us to go out there and just kind of like introduce ourselves. Hi, how you doing? My name's Chuck. Let me show you what it is that you're really eating and just start the education that way. There's so many people out there, so many people out there like that. And those are the people who I really feel like we need to reach. It's taking a big step back from what we see in the plant-based space and we have seen in the plant-based space where instead of going through the consumer education, we have very big names bickering with each other over whose food is healthier when we haven't even answered the question of what's really healthy, right? Oh, I mean, that's such a good point. That is a phenomenal point. And here's the other thing that I like to to bring up with people when when they're like, well, wait a minute, you know... Are, I, we, we talk to a lot of people. It's like, no, man, like, look at who you follow on Instagram. Look at who you follow on Twitter. Look at what pages you like on Facebook. Okay. I guarantee you that they are all in line with your message. And the algorithms for all of those platforms are designed to keep giving you what it is that you want to hear. So you're never getting much information from outside your bubble. So you have no idea how big or how small your bubble actually is. And I'm telling you, in the plant-based community, the bubble is very, very small, but it's so easily, you, it's so easy to think that it's enormous, but it's not. And that, that goes for anything, really, as far as your interests in social media, right? We're, we're just given what it is that the platforms think that it is that we want to see, what we want to read, what we want to interact with. It doesn't give us an opportunity to step outside that. So I'm very confident in saying that our bubble is very small. And the much larger bubble is the bubble that we need to reach, right? That's the bubble that we need to burst with this healthier message. So yeah, we're doing great in this little bubble, man, but let's step outside of it and try to help everybody else. I see that as the opportunity that these big plant-based brands have because they're reaching everybody. They're reaching, I'm, I'm still fascinated by the subset of consumers that are now labeled meat reducers. They're even a step further than a flexitarian. These are the people that I talk to at the store. They're the people I talk to at my church who go, I know this is unhealthy. How do I step this down? And I feel like it's it's such an opportunity for the big plant-based brands to do exactly what you're saying and start to burst that bubble because they're already outside of the really tight-knit communities because a lot of the really tight-knit, especially whole food plant-based, that's not even on their radar. They're not eating Beyond Burger. They're not eating Impossible Burger. They are not driving to McDonald's to get the McPlant. So I feel like that's where they need to, to be breaking into in addition to like what you're doing and what other plant-based doctors are doing getting that information out there. And that, that was the people I was reaching when I was a health coach is, is those people who I want to eat healthier. I want my family to eat healthier. We're seeing so much change and yet you're right. I mean, I love the way you put it is the bubble as, and people don't know that about the algorithms either. It's, it's like 
all the companies are trying to fight the algorithms while people are just surfing right along and reading everything. And that's how you wind up with bro science. Well said. <laughs> well said. So I like to ask this question as just kind of the big question because it, it is a big one. If you had unlimited power, unlimited resources, and you could bring about one change in the modern food system, what would it be? That may be one of the most difficult questions I've ever been asked in my life, man. Um, okay. One thing that I would bring about <sighs> education, man, it all goes back to education. And so if we can modify those nutrition labels and, and, and just arm people with the facts in the most simplistic terms possible. And I'm not saying that because I think that people are stupid. I'm saying that because people have not yet been taught. And so you can't jump, uh, you know, from not knowing how to add and subtract to being able to do geometry. So let's start at the beginning, the nutrition basics and put it in the most simplest terms and mandate that these packages come in those terms of, well, it's going to take you three hours to burn this off, or this has cholesterol and cholesterol clogs your arteries. This is why people have heart disease, right? You put those kinds of messages on packaging in simplistic terms. That I think is what will truly start to move the dial again in that healthier direction. That's what we want, that healthier direction, right? Instead of bombarding uh, ourselves with and just numbers that very few people understand and tiny print and, and, you know, like, let's just educate, educate, educate and start at the beginning and then pile on that education a little bit more and more and more as the years progress. But let's just start with the education, man, and label things in the most simplistic terms. So that's where I would start. And I honestly believe that by doing that, the domino effect would start. All right. And then you'd start seeing those dominoes fall where you'd start to see less factory farming because people then would know about the, the hazards that come with that. You'd start to see, you know, less uh, meat on people's plates because people would know about the hazards that come with that. Same thing with dairy, same thing with cheese, same thing with all of those unhealthy foods that we talk about time and time and time again on the exam room and other podcasts that are just like it. You talk about those things that really should, they, they have no place in a healthy diet but people still think that they're healthy. So let's wise them up. Let's coach them up. You used to be a health coach. So let's coach them up. And that, if I had unlimited power, that would be where I would start. So make me the secretary of plant-based education. We need one of those. And it, it, that would, that would unfortunately require at this point, pretty much unlimited power and resources because the, the regulatory pushback you would get against that, the industry pushback you get against that. But I see exactly your point. And, and personally, I would even take it a step back from there too and start putting like nutrition education in schools even. Like, because we talk so much about like how doctors don't know anything about nutrition. Yeah, it's really important for a doctor to learn about nutrition. But if you get to the point where you're old enough to be in med school, and you still don't know how to feed yourself. How are you supposed to? You're supposed to understand that. I mean, what what kind of what kind of change could we see if we put real, honest, science-backed nutrition education when kids are young enough and kids are open to this too? They want to know. They ask, like, where does this come from? And if you take them to a farm or you start having them garden, they're really open to this. So what kind of change could we have if we let kids see that from every angle? With, I mean, they wouldn't even have to know the science when they're younger, just science backed and just give them that 
that input? Oh my gosh, it would be so massive. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine. He's got young children. Uh, he and I were having a conversation recently and he was explaining like how he talks about nutrition to his kids. And he's like, well, look, you know, we love grandpa. We, you know, we want grandpa to be around for a long time, but grandpa got sick because he ate these things. Grandpa got sick because he smoked. And so if you don't smoke and you don't eat these things, you won't be like grandpa. You'll have all the love in the world like grandpa. You'll be the great guy that he is, but you won't be saddled with his health problems. And you're right. Kids do grasp that. They absolutely grasp that. And what little five-year-old wants to be like, oh yeah, I do want to be that 80-year-old guy who's walking around barely with a walker in an oxygen tank, right? Nobody wants that. Like that's kind of scary for a little kid. So if you'd say why that happened, then the kids, like you plant that seed early, that's going to stick with them forever for the rest of his life. So yeah, get on board with the kids, have those conversations. Again, put it in simplistic terms, help them understand. And I'm telling you, I agree with you 1000%. That would go so far. That would be such a massive, massive change. And I see other opportunities for kids to get even more involved, especially now that we've got a lot of like the indoor vertical farming and things going on, like these installations that you can put anywhere. If you combine that with the nutrition education and kids can actually see how food grows, we would have people no longer asking about local oranges at my upstate New York food co-op. But I, I just really think that that we need that education, that you're so right, that that the consumer education we're doing right now is almost too much consumer education in terms of let's get people to buy stuff as far as and I mean obviously if you have a business you want people to buy stuff but what you're saying is let's let's dial it back let's make it a foundational education and then we can build on it and then we can have this better food system where we won't have to worry about running around telling everybody how bad factory farming is it will just kind of naturally fall into place where people just don't demand that anymore and we'll see the system correct itself and and look, don't don't get it twisted. I'm not anti-business at all. I think that there is a great way to do business and be healthy about it. I absolutely feel that way. So I'm not saying like there's no way for people to earn a living if everybody goes whole food plant-based, like it's going to shut all of the, the big restaurants, uh, make them go out of business. No, 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 no. Of course that's not going to happen. But there can be a healthier way to do it that does not involve mass animal slaughter, that does not involve mass factory farming, that can lower the greenhouse gas emissions like do so many positives and yet they can still have 18 million locations but the difference is between what we have now and what we potentially could have is what's on the menu at these 18 million locations more locally sourced food which supports the local farmers in addition to the big business and of course healthier options man so yeah let's go that route there's absolutely a beautiful beautiful middle ground to find i agree there and i think that if there's one super positive thing that we can take away from everything that's been going on, the whole pandemic thing, and just watching the infrastructure behind the food system break in so many places, it's that we already have the start of that movement that you just mentioned there is people are looking toward local sources for, and then you're going to just automatically get healthier stuff because it's going to be in season, there's going to be less emissions. So I I am on board with you with that vision for a bright and local local based plant based future. So if people want to hear more about what you're doing, get in touch with you, where can they find you? Oh man, uh, goodness gracious! So the best place to find me is either uh, on uh, Facebook. 
um, where we do and Facebook and YouTube, where we do the exam room live. That's over on the physicians committee's Facebook and YouTube channel. Um, so what we do there is Monday through Friday at noon Eastern. We go ahead and we do a live half hour broadcast where I talk to a couple of experts in the field, maybe an inspirational story, somebody who's had this incredible transformation. I love storytelling so much. So we get the opportunity to do that every single day. We also have the exam room podcast, which is the original show, not the sister show, but the original show. And you can find that on Apple podcast and Spotify Stitcher. Just look for the exam room by the physicians committee. Make sure that it is the one by the physicians committee. Somebody else after we started decided to do another show called the exam room. And I was just like, come on, come on, let's let, no, no. But anyway, so that's out there. Just look for the one by the Physicians Committee. And um, you can also find me on social, uh, Twitter, Instagram, at Chuck Carroll, WLC. Also on Facebook, all the regular places, you know. All right. And we'll drop it all in the show notes so that people can go right there and check it all out. And I just, thanks for being on with me, Chuck. It was great to have you. I really enjoyed our conversation and would love to have you back sometime. Absolutely. I enjoyed this. These were not uh, the questions that I ordinarily get. Like this was a, this was a richer conversation. So thank you. Well, thank you. I hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as I did. It was fantastic to have Chuck on the podcast and to really delve into some of these areas that aren't getting talked about, particularly in the subject of food addiction and consumer education. Consumer education is such a buzzword right now, but really, if you just talk to people every day in your life, in mine, they just want to know how to eat healthier. They want some actionable steps to take, and they're still trying to figure out the very basics. So I think it's time to cut through the noise and really start educating people at that basic level, like Chuck was talking about. And I'm hoping to see some of the bigger plant-based brands get into that because they do have such a platform for really digging in, laying a foundation, and helping this whole movement toward healthier people and healthier world take off and continue to grow instead of fizzling out like so many fads have in the past because health is not a fad. So thanks again for joining me and next week we're going to take a really quick hiatus for the Christmas week. Do the same. Chill out. Enjoy your time. Enjoy your family. Enjoy some rest at this really special time of year. And I just want to wish everyone who's listening a really Merry Christmas and God bless everybody. The Modern Health Nerd Podcast is brought to you by Green Gut Wellness. If you're ready to put a novel twist on your content strategy, visit greengutwellness.com.